If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode 167 of the Leading Learning Podcast. This is our first episode of 2019. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. If you've been listening to us all throughout 2018, thank you for doing that. We're glad to have you back. And we thought with a new year ahead of us that this would be a great time to talk about some of the key ways in which we are seeing the market for lifelong learning, continuing education, professional development shape up for the coming year. And to do that, we surveyed learning businesses to find out where they're focused and where they plan to focus in the new year. We reported on that data in more detail in our recent Trends and Predictions webinar, but we thought we would adapt some of that content into this episode and really focus on what we see as three big emerging trends based on that survey data. And we're not going to try to give you the data blow by blow in an audio podcast. That's a little difficult to digest, but we will provide uh, some of that in the show notes for this episode. So as usual, you just need to go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 167. And we'll provide some of the data that we're talking about there. But um, you know, first, by way of background, we, we do want to emphasize kind of the context that we always give for, for this discussion uh, that we have about this market landscape for lifelong learning. And a huge part of that is just that the, the nature of work is changing so much. We've talked about this many, many times. Uh, we've had uh, Heather McGowan on to, to talk about that. We'll make sure we link to her podcast episode. We've more recently had Michelle Weiss on talking about that. So the whole context of work is changing. And of course, that is a, a huge driver for the need for learning to change. You know, it's no longer go to school, get your degree, go out and, you know, and stay in the same uh, career and, and not really have to, to learn much different uh, over time, not have to go back to school, not have to retool and eventually retire. For most of us, that's just, uh, well, that's not happening. That's not <laughs> happening anymore. And I know it's not happening for me. I don't think it's happening for you either, Salisa. We, we're stuck with the new reality, which is, you know, you learn, you get into the job market and you keep learning and adapting and growing probably changing jobs a lot, probably switching careers uh, multiple times throughout your life, living longer. Mm -hmm. We talk about, you know, the other 60 years at this point, we started with 50 years. We're now expanding to 60. We'll be, we'll be at 70 before you know it because life expectancy keeps going up. And of course, that just means that the, the need for learning keeps going up. And that's, that's great news probably for anybody who's listening to this podcast, though it does have its challenges as well. We know that one of the things that has happened as there's been more and more focus on lifelong learning, and I tell you, it really has become kind of a buzz term in the last two or three years. I feel like I see the phrase lifelong learning much, much more than I ever have in my life. But you know, part of what goes with that is that um, this sort of third sector, we refer to it as the third sector of education, is kind of solidified and matured, and it's become a, a very vibrant and, of course, competitive marketplace. So, you know, if you're in the learning business, learning is needed more than ever, but we're also having more and more learning businesses focus on that learning business. So, um, you know, it's, it's getting tough out there, basically, and it pays to know the landscape. And so that's just important, again, by way of background, because the, the big emerging trends that we want to talk about, we're going to share 
three of them here really are happening within that context of the changing nature of work, growing life expectancy, and this uh, emergence of a really vibrant but also competitive um, third sector of education. And so to frame this, uh, we've looked at the data that we got, and obviously we draw on our own experiences and, and observations as well. And we kind of have you know, three major trends, major areas, major things, however you want to put it, that uh, learning businesses really need to be tuned into in, in this coming year. And so the first of those that we'll throw out is that context will rule content. So now why, why do we say that? Well, when we look at the top areas where learning businesses are already focused or are planning to focus, and this is you know, based on the data that uh, we've collected by going out to more than 200 learning businesses to ask them what they're focused on and what they plan to focus on, we see a lot of emphasis on providing personalized learning experiences, on social and informal learning experiences, on blended experiences, on microlearning. And then, you know, more anecdotally, we're hearing from a range of learning professionals that are interested in areas like user experience design. We used to never hear about that, but now they're throwing around the, you know, the, the term UX uh, for user experience design. And then also curating the learner's journey. And that's, you know, from the, the, the moment of awareness and marketing all the way through, you know, having actually accomplished whatever the goals are. And, you know, all of this is, is really much more about the learner's situation and helping to to serve and shape that learner situation more than just about creating a catalog, which is what it you know seems like it used to be about in the past. Well, right, and so you know a lot of those uh, trends that that we saw bubble up to the top of the data that we collected are at least on the surface very content focused, but. As you're beginning to get into, Jeff, um, if you dig a little deeper, you know, we see that it's not about content, uh, at least not content as the main driver. It's really about providing experiences that align with the learner's specific situation and needs. It's about contextualizing content in a way that leads to the most effective learning experiences. So, for example, you know, if we just look at micro learning, we don't need micro content just for learners' convenience. That may be one benefit, but really the bigger reason is that we need to be very specific. We need to be very targeted with the learning that we offer so we can really address a learner's particular need at that point of need. Blended learning as another example. This isn't just an approach that, that makes our lives as uh, designers more complex. It creates opportunities for providing the right experiences in the right context. Again, if we look at social and informal and peer-to-peer learning, those things are by their very nature as much as or more about context than they are about content. And then, of course, the the very reason that we're focused um, so much on data is to better understand the learner in context, because we need that understanding of the learner. We need that data to draw on so that we can uh, make good marketing and good education decisions. And so all of this is really coming together to force us to think differently about how we create, how we resource, and how we deliver learning experiences. And and so it seems to us pretty clear, um, for example, that we're going to see a decline in traditional events and courses, those more kind of one-off approaches that we're going to continue to see um, evolution and emphasis towards um, more of the ongoing process versus 
the single event. Right. That's probably the, the shocking tweet from this episode. Uh, the death of events, the death of courses. Probably not that that drastic, not that dramatic, but uh, definitely, I mean, the, the trends do point to those declining uh, uh, some over time. Um, a, a couple of last notes before we wrap up here. One is, again, the, the data around all of this. We will have in the show notes these trends that we're talking about here, things like personalized learning, social learning, micro-learning, blended learning, um, all of these are trends that more than 70% of the learning businesses that re- responded to our survey said that they're, they're already focused on or they are planning to focus on in 2019. So this isn't, you know, maybe kind of going to happen. It, it is going on right now in active planning for more of it in 2019. The, the other last note is that you know, none of this means that content is not important. We're saying that context will rule content, but content is still important. And in fact, we feel like we're headed towards a big content problem, if only because things like true personalization is going to require a tremendous amount of content to, you know, to create that experience that caters to each individual learner's needs. You have to have a lot of content to draw on to create all of those scenarios. And you know, sourcing content is going to become more and more of a challenge. And that's that's going to become even truer as artificial intelligence comes into play. And we'll at least touch on artificial intelligence before we're done here. But, you know, on the one hand, machine learning, artificial intelligence are going to help sort through all of that content and help to present those personalized experiences. But on the other hand, you know, artificial intelligence kind of starts making higher demands on behalf uh, of learners. At its best, it's almost like a lobbyist for a learner saying, this is, this is what this learner needs. Go out and get it for me. So becoming very agile at both creating and sourcing content is it's just going to be in- increasingly critical. And I think that's the tweet of the show, Jeff. I think you know, AI at its best, is like a lobbyist for learners. All right, we'll see. We got, we got lots of tweetables here. We'll see what, uh, what comes out in the wash and, and who wins on, on that. that uh, but that's the, the, the first of our kind of big emerging trends or, or areas to watch in 2019, that context is going to rule content. And you know, that's probably a good point to note that if you are trying to get your content together and put together great experiences that you are uh, going to offer out to your learners in context, then you may want to pay a visit to one of our sponsors for this episode. Blue Sky eLearn is the creator of the Path Learning Management System, an award-winning cloud-based learning solution that allows organizations to easily deliver, track, and monetize valuable education and event content online. Blue Sky also provides webinar and webcast services, helping you maximize your content and create deeper engagement with your audience across the world. To find out more about Blue Sky eLearn and everything they offer, visit leadinglearning.com slash blue sky. So let's move on to kind of the, the second big takeaway we have from uh, the data that we collected. And, and this is about impact because we see an implication around impact, underpinning those the, the top seven areas from our survey data. And again, we're going to post um, that data to the show notes, so um, we won't try to go through all of it, but they're the top seven areas. And if we look at those holistically, you know, we see underpinning those seven areas a challenge to better understand what matters to our learners and the other stakeholders in their learning. So employers, um, the patients and clients that those learners serve. And there's a challenge around setting goals and metrics to understand how close 
we're coming to achieving what we set out to achieve with our learning. And so to really succeed in those those areas, we need a much better understanding of our audiences and a much stronger command of learning science and effective marketing practices. Because if we have that, then we can design for real learning, we can make learners aware of our offerings and their value, and we can deliver behavior-changing learning, and then ultimately we can measure the impact. And speaking of impact, this would be a a good place to uh, share a word about another of our sponsors, Authentic Learning Labs. Authentic Learning Labs is an education company seeking to bring complementary tech and services to empower publishers and L&D organizations to help elevate their programs. The company leverages technology like AI, data analytics, and the advanced embeddable API-based services to complement existing initiatives, offering capabilities that are typically out of reach for resource-stretched groups or growing programs needing to scale. You can find out more at leadinglearning.com slash authentic. And we definitely do encourage you to go learn more. I mean, as you're saying, Salisa, uh, impact is a huge thing right now. We see a real impact imperative. We have heard about data for years now, data analytics, learning analytics, big data, everybody talking about data. This does feel like the year where we're starting to see things tip. I mean, as part of the position that we tend to be in, and monitoring the, the learning business, working with learning businesses, that we hear the conversations, we see the actions that people are taking. You know, the fact that a group like Authentic Learning Labs has, has launched in the last year to start to tackle this. And uh, this is one place where I, I will actually go to the, the data um, specifically just to, to highlight this, because these were the number two and three. Number one, the organization said they were going to be focused on is the design and delivery of higher quality or higher impact learning experiences. And then the next two are data, which you know relate directly to that number one. So you know, organizations are saying they're going to have increased efforts to gather and analyze data to inform new product decisions or improve existing products. Eighty-four uh, percent said that they're already doing that. Close to forty percent say they're already doing that. Another forty-four percent are planning to do it. And then. Uh, the, the next level down from that is increased efforts to gather and analyze data that demonstrates the impact, as we did, we've just been talking about impact, demonstrates the impact or effectiveness of the learning experiences we offer. And again, close to 84% are saying that they're either already doing that or planning to do that. We know from surveying thousands of learners that's, that that's important. We know from employers that it's important. We think that in this increasingly vibrant and competitive third sector lifelong learning market, if you can't demonstrate impact, use that as part of your marketing, use that as part of what you actually deliver, it's going to get harder and harder to, to be out there. And so finally, let's look at the third of the three emerging trends or, or directions that we want to highlight. And when we look at the data, uh, it's clear to us that talent is going to be a major issue. There is a drive toward much more sophisticated learning experiences. So we're talking about things like you know, the personalized learning. We're talking about uh, getting better at blended learning experiences. We're talking about um, uh, architecting peer-to-peer and, and social learning. So all of that's going to really take um, a a much more sophisticated um, understanding of learning experiences. Um, There's going to be a a need to capitalize on data, as we were just talking about. So both that data to help you understand which 
products you might need to develop and launch out to, to your audiences, to your learners, and also the data that's showing you the impact. So you can know uh, which programs might need to be sunsetted, which ones uh, might need to be um, enhanced so that they can deliver greater impact, and which ones are really just succeeding so that you can tell that story to your learners and your, your stakeholders. And then there's also going to be a, a drive toward developing and sourcing a lot of content. Jeff, you talked about that um, when we were talking about sort of, you know, really being able to deliver, for example, on personalized learning. That just requires um, a, a certain depth and breadth of content, you know, that has to be created and not just quantity, but quality as and, well. And also sourcing it. So, you know, business development skills are going to be a part of that as well. And, and those aren't typically part, as we've noted in other episodes, business development often not part of the talent library of, uh, of organizations in the learning business. Right. And, and so, you know, technology will be playing a big role in all of this, but we're also going to need people who are capable of delivering on, on all of these things. So like you're saying, Jeff, everything from business development to um, learning designers to uh, uh, data analysts, um, all of these things are pointing towards um, people that we need. And this is already a challenge for a lot of organizations. Um, and that's true whether you're a large organization trying to hire and retain the staff that you need or whether you're a single individual who needs to be able to find good contractors to, to help you. So we think learning businesses are going to need to invest more in the development of their current workers, and they're also going to need to offer the best incentives, the right incentives to retain the good talent that they already have and to attract new talent. And related to this... Um you know, a word that's been floated uh, quite frequently lately related to 2019 and the economy in 2019 is recession, the, the R word. And, um, you know, the, many people who know a thing or two about it are, are predicting that we may be heading for a, a recession in 2019. We're certainly not economic prognosticators, so, you know, don't, uh, don't take our word on this. But, you know, on the chance that that could, in fact, happen you know, that's something to be planning for as a learning business leader. Uh, you don't want to get caught out in a position where your organization finds itself in a recession and you have to start cutting back and, and, and you know, cutting people that you actually need. So to be, you know, well positioned to defend yourself against that in the first place. But then also a recession is almost, uh, almost always a, a prime opportunity for hiring talent because, you know, the unfortunate side of it is people will people will get let go. Um, and you may be able to find talent in this. Um, but make sure you're thinking about it. Uh, prepared to defend your own position. Uh, prepared for the fact that it, you know employers may be cutting back on their training budgets. But on the other hand, individuals may decide that they really need to invest more so that they're able to get out there and, and be employable. So um, you know, make sure that uh, you have that in mind. And as you're thinking about your talent situation for 2019, um, couple things to keep in mind. One is that we do uh, uh, put links to, to open positions in our leading learning newsletter, um, which comes out in, a, in a, you know, two or three different versions a month. In any one of those, we can link to an open position. That's something at this point we do for free, um, just as a, a courtesy to our followers to help you with building your learning business. So if you have a position that's open, we really have one of the most targeted audiences there is out there right now for talent in the learning business field, and we're happy to share that. And then we will also note that if you're looking to develop yourself 
professionally or if you're looking to develop your team professionally, please join us in February, February 20th and 21st, uh, to be specific, for Learning Technology Design, or LTD, which is our annual virtual conference that's designed specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education, professional development, and lifelong learning. Again, probably no other event that's as targeted as that is for developing talent in this business of lifelong learning. And you can find out more about that at ltd.tagoras.com. And now having uh, put forth our kind of three trends there, the, the context ruling content, the impact imperative, and the, the, the focus on talent, um, we'll leave you with some questions that, that go along with those uh, uh, because, you know, we always need to be asking the right questions so we can go in the, in the right direction. And those are, first of all, how will you reorganize and reorient to better support context? What does that mean for you? Is it having the right people? Is it having the right technologies? Is it having the right partners? Um, but to really think through what that means for you in 2019. The next one is how well do you understand what matters to your learners and decision makers? And how do you measure that? How could you measure that and measure it better in 2019? And that goes to that that data uh, uh, question and to the, to the whole uh, Im uh, impact imperative and uh, putting your offerings out there. And then thirdly, what are your plans for developing and retaining your team, your current team in 2019, and as needed, attracting the right new talent? Um, and of course, if you're solo and you're going to remain solo in, in 2019, how are you going to invest in yourself? Um, you're the team of one. How are you going to build that team? So before we wrap up, we want to touch on at least some of the uh, trendier areas that you might be thinking, hmm, how can they be having this uh, you know, learning market outlook without mentioning um, artificial intelligence more that has already come up, uh, without talking about virtual reality and augmented reality, and maybe even blockchain is on your list. So we wanted to at least touch on those because we did cover them in the survey data that we collected. That said, we are not at this point seeing a lot of uptake on these. Um, artificial intelligence is the one with the um, most traction, but it's still only uh, about a quarter of folks are looking at um, implementing technologies that leverage artificial intelligence to support or enhance learning. Um, that said, even though it's relatively small at this point, we can uh, we believe that we'll begin to see artificial intelligence insinuating its way into just about everything um, in the really near future, in, in 2019 or, or not long after, um, because most learning businesses will be using it kind of whether or not they're really aware of it. It's just um, artificial intelligence and, and machine learning are getting baked into a lot of the tools that we use um, for marketing. Um, it's going to expand from there into things like the tools that we're using for um, development uh, and certainly into some of the um, data analytics that, that we're using. And so our view is that it really pays to be aware of artificial intelligence and um, to the extent that you can to become um, more aware of where you might be able to leverage artificial intelligence and start um, being more strategic and more conscious about the use of it. And in general, I mean, this would be a great year to start experimenting with, with any of these you know, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, augmented reality, even blockchain. I mean, we're, we're at a point right now where, you know, in the, in the classic sort of adoption cycle, we're definitely in the, the, the innovator, early adopter um, stage. And 
And that means we're at a point where you could potentially get some competitive advantage from leveraging any of these in a strategic way if you put some thought into what that would actually mean. You know, that's going to fade rapidly. Uh, these, these cycles move much more quickly they, than they did in the past. So you know, if it does make sense strategically for you to embrace, uh, it almost certainly makes sense for you to embrace artificial intelligence on some level. So figuring out you know, how you're doing that. But virtual reality, augmented reality, you know, people say that the, the tools are complex and, and expensive, but they're much less complex and much less expensive than they have been in the, in the past. We're even starting to see uh, these tools baked into to common uh, authoring tools like Adobe Captivate um, at this point. So they're, they're at a point where you can experiment with them. And, and if there's a type of learning you're delivering, a type of learning experience you're delivering where, you know, making it more immersive, making it more hands-on, making it uh, interactive in a new way is going to benefit your learners, is going to create that impact that uh, we're talking about, then that's a great area to experiment with. And even just getting your head around blockchain, if you do anything in, you know, credentialing, whether that's badging, certificate, certification, this something like blockchain is going to become a factor at some point. So at least making sure you understand it and where that could be headed for you. And we do, we do talk about that in more depth in our um, uh, trends webinar that we'll link to that went along with this data. So if you want to get a little bit more into that, then we're talking about it here in, in the podcast. Uh, that is uh, available for you. But as for this podcast, as for our you know brief outlook here on New Year's Day, I wish we could crank up some, some YouTube in the background or something like that, but I guess we'd get into all sorts of copyright issues if we did that. But as we're looking out onto to 2019 from New Year's Day, those are our thoughts. And uh, so we're going to wrap up this, this Market Outlook edition, as always, to get show notes for the episode. All you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 167. When you check out the show notes, you will see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe as it helps us get some data on the impact of what we're doing. And we'd also be grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes or whatever service it is that you use to listen to Leading Learning. That may be Stitcher, uh, it may be Overcast, uh, however you get it. Um, but if you are using iTunes, all you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. And Salise and I personally will appreciate your rating and review. But even more importantly than that, those ratings and reviews are an important part of helping the podcast show up when people come searching for content that's going to help them with their learning business. And please do check out our sponsors for this quarter. They may be part of how you capitalize on some of these trends in the new year. You can find out more about Authentic Learning Labs at leadinglearning.com slash authentic. And you can find out what Blue Sky eLearn has to offer at leadinglearning.com slash blue sky. Finally, consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leading lifelong learning. And of course, you can share us with others there. However you do it, please do help share the good word about leading learning. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.